0: This is an Irish independent podcast.
1: A lot more systems now come with an app. You can actually see in real time how much you're generating, and, and the better ones will show you what you're using. So you can measure the exact amount of electricity spilled back to the grid, and you get paid by your supplier. There's a bit of variation, but it's around 18, 20 cents per unit of electricity that you send back to the grid. It makes sense. It's going to reduce the cost, make it easier for people to invest in solar panels and generate more renewable electricity.
0: Hello, and you're very welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, in association with Square. Square helps you look after your business needs from payments and menu management to online ordering. Visit square.com for more. Now, the government has abolished VAT on solar panels for your home. So it's now the time to pull the trigger and to go solar, particularly with electricity prices, so high? If so, where do you start? How many panels do you need? How much electricity will they actually generate? And what else do you need to know, like planning permission or batteries or grants? Well, joining me to explain this is Brian McIntyre, Programme Manager at the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, known to the rest of us as the SEAI, Brian, let's just talk about the zero VAT for a second. That's 13.5% off the panels and the installation. Is is that time limited or is that permanent cut?
1: Um, As far as I know, it's a permanent cut. Um, It makes sense. It's going to reduce the cost to get people, make it easier for people to invest in solar panels and generate more renewable electricity. Yeah. Do you think that
0: the price of the installation and the panels might rise somewhat to meet that gap? We've already heard from people like, UCC's Dr. Paul Dean, who said that according to their research, the price of installing solar went up by 20% last year. And we are in a time of fairly rampant inflation. I mean, it could mean a thousand euro maybe
1: off your installation costs, but should I be expecting the prices to rise? I don't think you should. I think I think that's something we always get in terms of grants um, in terms of what that prices go up to mm. when grants get introduced for things with something like this. I think people are very conscious of the costs. The costs are high enough already. So I wouldn't expect that the prices will go up on the basis that the VAT would, has been abolished. OK, let's talk about costs then.
0: What can you expect to pay if you want to put in, I say, a standard installation?
1: How many panels are we to- talking about and what would it cost? Okay, so in, when you're looking at getting it done, I think the first thing you'd look at is getting your bills for the last 12 months to get an idea of how much you use. Um, and again, whether it's day or night usage, if you have like a day night meter on it, um, because that's ultimately what will guide the, the installers in, in prescribing something for your house. So when they come to your house, they look at the system, look at your bills, and they can generate a model for that location, that orientation of the house how much electricity is going to be generated, say, January, February, March, for an, a monthly figure mm. across the year. So you can see how it tallies with with your bills usage. So we would have always said that somewhere around two, two and a half kilowatts, which would be about six panels, would be about a standard um, to cover what you use in your house. Six panels?
0: About six panels, yeah. And how much electricity is that going to cover for you?
1: That would cover around about 2,000 kilowatts, kilowatt which? hours per year, which is... Um, ESB would say that the typical house would use 4,200 kilowatt hours per year of electricity. So about 50% of that. 50% for six panels. And
0: how much would those six panels cost roughly?
1: So it can vary. I would always say to get three quotes, Mm -hmm. um, ballpark would be about 6,000 euros. That was before the the VAT got reduced or got put back to zero. Um, So there might be variation. It could be five and a half, could be six and a half. But about 6,000 would be... Fairly standard for for a six, um, six kilowatt or two kilowatt installation or two half kilowatt installation.
0: And when when we talk about the average home in this context, it's always difficult to imagine an average home. Are we talking about a semi D house? Yeah. it's it's small it's, family or something. <laughs> like you or? said, it's very
1: difficult to what the, yeah, yeah. the typical household. But usually, like a a three bedroom semi D would be considered very with typical with a family. Um, yeah, two two three people I think would have three considered. people. Yeah, so it's based on like the, the average consumption. So, and that's fine. We can deal
0: with the average. Yeah. So for an average house semi D, three people in it, six panels might do forty to fifty percent of your electricity for the year. Of the order measured of that, yeah. over the year, measured over the year, and we'll yeah. get to the seasonal difference uh, now in a a minute if you had a bigger family than that or your electricity needs for whatever reason were higher if you wanted to instead of having six panels you wanted to have maybe 12 panels is it just does it just go without saying that you double the price or how does that work
1: no, like a lot of the costs are uh, big portion costs are labor. It doesn't, it's not a linear increase based mm-hmm. on the size of the installation. So, what we've seen would be more like a, a typical installation might be about 3.2 kilowatts, so you've about eight panels now, because yeah. more people are working from home, they might have more usage at home. Like you said, people just tend to use more uh, electricity. So, that would be. So around seven and a half, eight thousand uh, euros for a, a say a three point two kilowatt, which would That's be from about six eight to panels? eight. Yeah.
0: If you wanted to go even higher, a, a neighbour of mine, for example, in my estate, now he has put in fourteen panels. Yeah. Uh, two years ago. Supposing instead of six, you wanted to
1: go to twelve.
0: Yeah. Is it twice the price, um, or is it more than twice the
1: price? It would pr- to go to twelve. I would say it would be about ten, ten and a half thousand.
0: So not not as much as twice the price. No, not necessarily.
1: Because, like you said, a lot of the costs are setting up and putting the infrastructure in place Mm. to put the patent modules onto it. It's not just a kind of a linear increase. Now, just in in the context of those prices, they're including the VAT that's now been reduced or has been abolished. And it also doesn't take into account the grants. So if we go back. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to
0: ask you exactly. You were reading my mind on the grant. Let's go back to the six panels, the standard installation. How much are you going to get in a grant there?
1: So if we take that as a six thousand euro cost, you're probably the reduction VAT is gonna knock about seven, seven fifty Euros off it. Um for a two kilowatt installation, that's gonna be another eighteen hundred euros of a grant off it. So you're looking at the ballpark of that six thousand installation could cost you a net amount of about three and a half thousand euros. So you're getting Over two grand of a grant for that.
0: No, the grant is 1800 euros. The VAT then would be about 700, 750. Oh, I'm sorry. You're you're combining the two uh, there. Okay. Um, So in terms of how long it takes to pay off, sometimes you hear that used as a metric. If I put in solar panels, how long will they pay themselves back? And I've heard figures of anything from, you know, six or seven years to 11, 12, 13 years. Uh, Maybe depending on the electricity prices.
1: Yeah, and and as well, the electricity prices and as well, how much of your the electricity has been generated that you can use at that time? Because Mm. it's it's very much time dependent. So if you're working from home um, and you can use a lot of your electricity and that's where the apps that you get would come in really handy because you actually see in real time how much you're generating. Mm. So if you see a big spike during the day, right now it's time to put on a wash or put on the oven and take like lunch earlier in the day. Or just if you can modify your behavior, I think people generally tend to anecdotally modify their behavior to take advantage of when you got a peak in, in generation from the roof. So you can actually save yourself more money or increase how much free electricity essentially that you're, that you're getting. Do you need to, is this
0: really optimized for people who have uh, houses or
1: dwellings that are south-facing? With side facing is, is always the ideal orientation. Um, if you switch it 90 degrees towards east west, you're probably dropping maybe 15, 20 percent of, of what you could okay, get. OK, so my house, for example, has east west roof.
0: Yeah. Now, does that mean in plain English that I need 20 percent more solar panels to match the house across the road from me that has a south facing
1: roof? It would be about that. It, the orientation, how much actually direct the direct sunlight and how much diffuse light you'll get. So the orientation does matter. Um, so it would be like 15 percent less. So my east-west.
0: cost then is 20% higher, but the grant remains the same. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, is a south facing angle, angled roof better than a flat roof?
1: Not necessarily. If you've got a flat roof, you can pour, put it on a frame. Because ultimately, you can angle it you yourself. yeah, exactly. You want to have a tilt on it because, again, you want rainwater to run off it, kind of yeah. then essentially allow it to clean itself. But are you generally on a, on a flat roof, you'd put it on a frame that kind of angles yep. it at maybe thirty degrees. Planning permission, um, that was an issue. Is it still an issue? No, nope. the planning permission uh, was removed last year, so it had been that it was uh, either twelve meters squared or fifty percent of your roof area, whichever was less. Um, but that's been removed since last year.
0: So that means you can put panels on every part of your roof. Exactly. And as many
1: panels as you want. Uh, well, you can cover your entire roof, yeah. You can cover your entire roof. Um, in, in, in real terms. In practical terms, you might not necessarily, because if you're in windier areas, yeah. um, there's going to be increased wind load on your roof, so you want to keep it back from the edges a bit more. So it reduces the area you have to play with in windier areas. And does
0: that include, for example, street-facing roofs in towns and cities? If I yeah. own a townhouse in a city street, I can put... I can cover my street facing roof with solar panels yeah the exemption was was for for all rooftops yeah and um, was there ever an exception there for um sensitive areas around facilities like airports. I, I had read at one point
1: that there was an issue potentially with the glare from from solar panels for planes. It's something that has been raised um, by the DAA, for example, that they have a glare. I, I'm not sure where that stands. It's something that's in consultation around like the mass of solar PV, especially in, near the airport. And uh, I believe there's an, an, a solar farm out near the airport. So I'm not sure how much of an issue it actually would be. And um, it's something that there are ongoing talks with, with the DAA about that.
0: And is it roof only, or can you put your solar panel, if, if on, for example, in your back garden, leaning against a wall?
1: Yeah, you can have a ground-mounted system. Um, the planning permission requirement there was less than 25 square metres, but that's still a lot of solar solar uh, panels to get on. So could
0: I make a little mini solar farm if I had a large back garden? In theory, yeah, you could. Okay, that's kind of interesting. And I'm, I'm going to ask you in, in a minute about... Uh, selling electricity back to the grid but I'm conscious that a lot of our listeners and viewers will have an apartment yeah is there any
1: solution for an apartment apartments are really tricky because again it's got through the managing company and it's it's something that's difficult. you mean in terms of what they allow
0: what they allow yeah so but other than what the local block policy might be from a broader legal or regulatory perspective there's nothing maybe to stop if I have a large apartment on a with a wraparound balcony
1: i could put solar panels there according to those rules if, if it's allowed for within that yeah. particular um building, it would might be trickier in terms of actually setting it up and yeah. putting panels on um but it's if it was lo- allowed within that building management ha-
0: have you heard of any group schemes like i'm conscious that uh, i live in an estate and for sky for example we're not allowed to put Uh, small satellite dishes up so what they do is they've one satellite dish uh, and it's a group scheme it it feeds into all of the house if we want that now sky have moved on with their technology but that was the system is there anything similar like that that could be done for apartment blocks maybe you could have
1: a bank of you know 30 or 40 or 50 if it's a large block on the roof it's definitely doable. I know there's apartments uh, or building developments that would have like group heating systems, mm. where they're all a uh, centralized heating system. So it's it's not it's definitely feasible. Yeah.
0: Um. Just in terms of the difference in the seasons and the light, we all know that solar needs light uh, to generate power. That's optimized when the sun is out. It's optimized when the sun is out most. So that's the summertime, yeah. late spring. Actually, from about now, actually, yeah. Um. It's it's pretty good. What's the drop off in solar power? if it's cloudy or if it's raining, for example.
1: If, if like, if you have a really overcast day, you might get, say, from a one kilowatt installation, you might get about 100 watts, so about 10 percent of, of what your maximum. So output is, it's almost peaks.
0: nothing really. If it's a, a very heavy, cloudy day, it's a dark day, it's raining.
1: You're going to get next to nothing. You'll get a small amount, like it's not a huge amount, but like the modeling that we that would typically be done for houses that are looking at putting in a, a, an installation would be based on taking all those kind of factors into account the local meteorological conditions yep. and the level of overcast days we have in Ireland so it it's based more in reality they're they're pretty accurate the models that they use and um, there is a drop off um but it's like you're still generating electricity so January and December will be the two months Yeah so if I want to budget for how much I'm going to need to pay my electricity
0: bills in the winter time I know that if I get a sunny day on June the 21st and I have a south facing or even east west facing panels you know, happy days. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to uh, need to pay much through my uh, my my traditional electricity provider. But say December the 21st, shortest day of the year, um, even if it's a sunny day, what's the drop off? What's the difference between a sunny day on December the 21st and June the 21st? Like, would I get less than half of the
1: power from that? Probably less than half. Yeah. yeah. I, like I was looking at. Um, so a friend of mine had actually looked at getting some solar panels into the house and they gave me the, the modeling mm. that they had got for it. So if you took January and December, which would be the two worst months, um, in theory, they could be getting around 80 to 100 euros worth of of um, electricity during those two months. If you look at, I think it was May and June or June and July were the two highest months, you're probably looking somewhere north of 350, 370 euros for that particular house, which is about, I think, three kilowatts.
0: How does selling electricity now work to the grid? We've heard a lot about this.
1: Yeah, that microgeneration generation support scheme was launched back last year mm. uh, with the idea that if you had excess electricity, it was all just spilled back onto the grid mm. um, and it was wasted. So you got no benefit from it. So the idea was that people would be paid for the electricity the access to send back to the grid. So if you have um, a smart meter, it measures the exact amount of electricity spilled back to the grid and you get paid what's called a clean export guarantee by your supplier. So that's of the order of, I looked at some of them, there's a bit of variation, but it's around 18, 20 cents per unit of electricity that you send back to the grid. Okay, so a couple of questions around
0: that. Does that happen automatically or do you have to apply? Do you have to range for that? Uh, you'd have to arrange for it.
1: You discuss it with your supplier when you're getting set up um, with your solar PV system. And will all of them fairly automatically agree to it? Yeah, there shouldn't be any issues really with, with getting that
0: set up. And is it capped at a certain amount? Let's say, for example, you're... You've barely been there during the summer. You took a month's holidays. Your solar panels are still going goodo on your house. You're consuming almost nothing in your house. You're generating actually relatively quite a lot. Does that mean that every bit of electricity you're
1: generating, you'll get paid for? Yeah, good? for the most part. There is a cap at the very high, high end. We're talk about like four, five, six kilowatts or five or six kilowatts. Um, I'm not entirely sure on the number, but for a tip, yeah, I, I, house, no, it's I'm not just really wondering
0: account. roughly because I remember when this was launched, I, I think the suggestion was at the time that if you that even if you weren't in the house at all uh, and you had loads of solar panels, that it would kind of be capped at a couple of hundred euro per year or something like that um per per year. Yeah, that the amounts that you could actually sell back were actually very small,
1: relatively relative yeah. to what a normal bill is. So it, does that sound right? I think it'd be a lot more. Like I don't think it's that uh, no. cutting into your low for the typical house. It's not going to be an issue, even mm-hmm. if you are away for those summer. Months. No, no. I what I but I just I I'm just
0: wondering whether or not this is really just a couple of euro, yeah, you know, a month, or whether it could be you know if if you got sun the whole time and you big family but they were all away, you were there by yourself. You weren't using electricity. Could you make you know
1: five hundred euro in a month? You know. <laughs> in theory like the, the cap isn't good like in realistically for most people it's not going to impact on what they're what they're getting back from it
0: okay um what about uh if i want to add more panel let's say i put in six panels and that's fine for a while but then we've new rivals in the family or i like the technology and i want to use more but i wait say another year or two generally speaking is it Easy to add piecemeal to my six panels. Can I just add another six panels? Or, or I mean, is, is there some technology reason why I couldn't do that? No,
1: te- technically it, it it should be fine to do mm. it. Um, there's going to be additional costs to put them up, but I mean, it's not technically it's mm. it's absolutely feasible to do that.
0: And what about advances in the technology? Because obviously, solar technology does advance from yeah. decade to decade, maybe from year to year. Is the technology now, the panels I buy now, are they much better than they would have been, say, eight or nine
1: years ago? You probably get more um, from each panel now. So the panels, I've seen panels out are 410 watts or 0. 0.4 kilowatts per panel. They might have been 0. 0.3 kilowatts 8, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So they have the efficiency or how much you're getting from a panel has grown. Um, the real advances coming down the line will be trying to replace, say, the silicon on the panel to make it a much more lightweight, mm. uh, a higher efficiency panel, and that would really open up the door to putting it on more places. So you don't have this big, heavy mm. structure on your roof that it would allow them to put up in more places um, and lighter structure. And that's where the real advances are coming in terms of the actual material use in terms of the the, the homeowner um, and the changes in technology. A lot more systems now come with an app, like I said earlier on, that can, you can actually see in real time how much you're generating and, and the better ones will show you what you're using. So you can actually balance that out and try and mm. say add to what you're using to kind of to make more and capitalize more on, on what you're generating in the house. And do the panels do they degrade over time? Uh, like I've generally speaking the lifespan of them like if a good panel will be 20 25 30 years I've wow. heard in some cases. Okay. Yeah. They're not they're very low maintenance. There's, like if like I said they're on a slope um water runs off them unless you've got leaves falling on them or a bit of debris coming down for some reason you might need to clean that off but they don't birds seagulls uh yeah seagull poo. it might be yeah if it's if they're starting to build up on it it would be worth considering just cleaning it off But a lot of seagulls around my estate yeah um <laughs> if they're yeah if they're very productive that might be an issue to clean them off but um it's like the upgrade isn't isn't
0: yeah uh, so typically could you expect in an estate like mine to have to have them wiped once or twice a year, or is that how it's done? Or uh, do you need yeah, a just, specialist to do that?
1: No, we just someone competent up and reuse. That's not going to yeah. break. Them. I mean, they're a fairly robust pieces of kit. You just need to to wash them off. Speaking of competencies, I think there are over two hundred approved installers,
0: um, according to the SEAI, uh, their lists. Does that mean that you have to use one of those installers if if someone you know down the road is handy and has just decided to, decided to start his own business putting up solar? Uh, panels even though he's not uh, on the approved list is there any reason he can't do that or she can't do that Sh- should i avoid them
1: um not necessarily they, they could be perfectly competent but and not be a registered uh, contractor mm. but i suppose the benefit of having a registered contractor is that a we have a register so there tend to be more um you tend to get less issues around the competency side of things uh, and compliance with with certain strike like it, it's not it's not rocket science for solar panels, but there's a lot of basic things that you can actually get wrong. And with any of the grand schemes that have uh, details guidance on what you should do when you're installing roof and what you shouldn't do essentially yeah so you're getting a good quality installation when you actually go through a registered contractor and uh, you just have that bit of comeback on it as well so they might be perfectly fine and um, it's not to say that they're not anyone that's not registered mm. is incompetent or not suitable to the job but it's just we have to have certain controls in terms of what their ability that they've mm. done what they've passed and and the requirements that we have in place for them when they're actually installing uh, now, panels. if I have oil or gas or electricity is it
0: just normal if i put in solar panels that they will work uh, fairly seamlessly with the system i have at the moment for electricity and or heat
1: yeah i mean you're just feeding electricity into your mm. into your uh meter box to come into the house so it's it that's you can set it up to prioritize what's coming in from the, the roof and as well like do i have to replace any of my current equipment or no. system you're just adding to to it, it. You? no you're just adding so the panels will come down through so you get a, a current coming through and the inverter in the house is just a box within it's usually in the roof space we'll convert it into the type of electricity that you use in the house and hmm. um, so switching from ac to dc um so it's just sending that into the house in a format that you can use uh what i should have added earlier is that you can actually get hot water from it as well so you can hmm. install a thing called a diverter that if you have an excess that you're not using now, so, so you're not there during the day or you're out or whatever reason you have an excess that'll send it into the hot water cylinder and heat your hot water for you as well. So it's, it's a way of storing it. It's sort of like a battery. And do, do if I have a heat pump, yeah. uh,
0: does that mean that it, it's just all additive, is it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not going to run your heat pump as such. You're always using electricity. Um, and the, the PV panel is going to feed electricity into the house. So there's yep. always going to be baseline usage there. And sometimes, say, if your heat pump is running at lower temperature during the day, if you're not there and then has to bring it back up yep. to, say, 19, 20 degrees, it's not going to have enough to to uh, power the heat pump jumping back mm-hmm. up. Um, but you're constantly generating electricity from the sun um, to feed into and offset against what you're actually drawing from the grid. Now, batteries
0: is something that people uh, talk about as well, because obviously The idea with solar is the sun shines. It gives you electricity there and Mm. then. There's no sunshine at nighttime. You can't get power from solar at night. And that's why people buy batteries. Yeah. So there's quite a few questions around this. Is it a good idea to buy a battery for your
1: solar system? I've heard people say that the the financials don't stack up. I think it it very much depends on your... When they say that now, what, what, what are the costs we're talking about here? A battery could cost between two and a half and... Three and a half thousand, depending on the size so the size of your battery will yeah. depend on the size of the, pa- the the amount of panels you have on your roof. So and how much electricity or energy can that store? Again, it depends on the on the size of the, the panel the size of battery you're getting. So it might be So the one that you quoted there between two and a half and three thousand
0: euro, how much energy can that store?
1: Um you could be looking at maybe two and a half, three kilowatts of And how much what size. can that do? Two and a half, three kilo, kilowatts. Um well again it's it's feeding it back into it. So you might not be using that at the time. So you're storing that battery. So during the day, so for a perfect example is people are out working during the day. They can't make use of, there's a small amount of, of background electricity being used at the time. But they're coming home at five o'clock and a lot of the, the generation is happening already. And they want to turn on the cooker, the, the mm-hmm. maybe put on a washer or whatever. That would be when it makes sense to use a battery. <laughs> when you're going to use that daytime electricity, it's at a higher rate. But you use it later in the evening when the generation is low. Will a battery that's, say, two and a
0: half, three kilowatts, will that be filled to that from zero to three kilowatts in one day of
1: sunshine? It should be on, on a sunny day. It would and definitely. if
0: I go home and then I'm there with my family and I use the cooker, the washing machine, television, kettle um, and the other stuff, will that use more than three kilowatts?
1: It, it might do. It's depending okay. again, depending on how long you have the cooker on and how long wash you have on. But it, it should be able to cover a lot of that, the majority of that. OK. Um, can you use your electric car as a battery? You can actually; it's becoming a uh, more widely used in England. They had a trial where they were paying people that had electric cars that were charging during the day to send, basically, to send the electricity back from the car, the car battery back onto the grid, so it reduces the peak demand, say later in the evening. So how like, does that work? Um, how do it, you do it? I have electric car. How yeah, how do I do it? It's a it's a special type of box that, that allows it. It has to be set up to allow this it. kind of called vehicle to grid. So basically, down the line when everyone so. As we are now, we're basically consumers of electricity. So, the feed-in tariff has allowed us, or the microgeneration scheme has allowed us to kind of become more of what's called prosumers. So we can producers and yeah. consumers. And then, if you think fast forward, where are we electrifying pretty much everything. Um, if you're charging an electric car, you can sell it back to the grid. Like they're char- I think in England they're paying sixty cents per unit of electricity that you sell back at those peak times. Um, but if I, I mean, there's a.
0: There's a port in my car that I use to stick the charger in mm. uh, to charge the car from my house. I have a charging box. How do I use that as a battery to, to power the cooker and the washing machine and the TV
1: at night? That would be like, I'm not sure it's, um, it's that really... It's not really set up at the minute for that kind of setup, but it will be like that's becoming more prevalent where you will have. I mean, that's that's the view of down the line, maybe 10 years time where we'd have a setup that your car is connected to the house. Yeah. So you can actually you can charge the car during the day and then draw back from the car at night time.
0: How popular are solar panels at the moment? I saw a figure recently, I think it was Eamon Ryan had mentioned that uh, he thought there were 50,000 homes in Ireland that had solar
1: panels. Is that about right? It sounds about right. Yeah. Like it's the numbers have taken off in the last mm. couple of years. Like I was looking at my own bills again this morning, looked at June 21. It was about 16.6 cents per unit of electricity. Um, and now it's 42.4. So even last October, it went up from, I think, about 30, 32 cents. To 40. How many panels do you have? I don't have any panels. Oh, sorry, you don't have sorry. any panels yet.
0: Um But just in terms of the, the state itself, um, one thing we often hear in the debate about electric cars, is it's often thrown back at the government. Well, there's hardly any electric cars in use in the state fleet now. I think they are getting a few more there. And I've seen a few Garda cars, actually, that are yeah. electric cars. Um, what about solar panels used by the government itself? Um, I have no idea how many or how few uh, they use. Do, do they use many solar panels? Yeah,
1: it's becoming much more widely used now, especially it makes more. Like I said, with the cost of electricity, there was an announcement a few months back about putting solar panels across all schools, mm. which makes sense not just in terms of for the schools themselves, but as basically generators of of renewable electricity. What, what about your your own building? Um, yeah, it ASCAI? was. Yeah, we're tenants in the building, but it was one of the requirements we said when the building was being built to have renewable energy on on the roof. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: just in terms of the technology itself, is it advancing? Like, should I? Is there a reason for me to wait another year or two years uh, for that there might be some breakthrough coming down
1: the road? I wouldn't have thought so in that time frame. Um, I don't think anything's going to change hugely in in the short term. Like there's a lot of, a lot of the um, progress I hear about changes in materials and that. That's it's still very much at the early stages in, in research. So I don't think that anything's going to change if you're putting off for maybe two three years mm. on the basis that they'd completely or fundamentally change what what's, what's going to be done. I don't think that's going to happen in that time frame. So I, I certainly don't think people should be waiting for that kind of changing is in.
0: demand out the door at the moment. If I wanted to go and buy solar panels now, is it like electric cars? I might
1: have to wait a couple of months. Uh, I there is a huge demand. I think people are just scaling up to try and meet the demand because it's not something that's going to change anytime soon, especially with the announcement of the, the abolish, abolishing the VAT. Um, that's just going to see things increase. And everyone knows because that's going to play, then that's going to they can contractors are able to scale up and, and bring more people on to the work.
0: And is there any quality level or ISO or anything like that that I need to look out for with the solar panels if I decide to go with the guy down the street as opposed to an SCAI approved um, vendor is, could I, are there dodgy panels?
1: There are, I suppose, you generally don't see them on the schemes, like a lot of CE marked panels, which would be typical of any product in, in, in Europe would be, would meet a certain quality requirement. There are dodgy panels that it won't get too long out of ship from far-flung places. But um, so no, you've got, I
0: think... you have to do a little bit of due diligence yeah, yourself exactly, on yeah. it. Okay. Brian McIntyre, Programme Manager uh, at the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland. Thank you very much for coming in and explaining uh, all that to us. Thanks also to Tabitha Monaghan who, who produced to Gav Hennessy on sound and to Conan Doherty on video. I'm Adrian Weckler. You've been listening to The Big Tech Show or watching it even in association with Square and we'll talk to you same time next week. Bye-bye.